International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. God has got a plan, and God is working even in your life right now. The thing is, are you working with him in what he is doing, or is he dragging you, kicking and screaming through his will in your life? Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today, we begin a new study in the book of Ezra. It's an interesting time in the history of Judah. They have been in captivity under Babylonian rule as a result of God's judgment for their sin. Then the Medes conquered Babylon. And then the Persians took over the Medes. And a new king of Persia takes the reins of control, Cyrus, whom the prophet Jeremiah foretold and named hundreds of years before this took place. Kingdoms are always rising and falling throughout history, and God is in control of it all. Let's listen now as Dr. Shaw reads to us from Ezra chapter 1 to set up our new study. We're in Ezra chapter 1. Okay, so we'll read this and then we'll, we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. Now, in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah the prophet might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing saying, thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven, hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth and hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all of his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts besides the freewill offering for the house of God that is at Jerusalem. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless the preaching of your word. Lord, I pray that you'll help us uh, to see the principles that are applied here. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have Faith Promise Missions here, and if you don't know what that's like, uh, we, in a couple weeks after the missions conference, we will be taking, uh, we'll be handing out some cards where folks can write down what they expect to be giving for missions for the next year. Uh, there will be no name slot in that card, and that's because we're not going to follow after you and try to get what you need to give. This is a between you and God. It just helps us to plan for the year. And so um, there's no way for you to get the glory or the shame uh, from your missions giving, uh, but it is a way for you to, between you and God, um, make a commitment and make a commitment by faith. And one of the things that we want to talk about as we talk about missions is the idea of taking steps of faith. That actually was the message I had prepared, and that was the importance of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. By the way, the book of Romans says the just shall live by faith. See, there are a lot of Christians that want to live by sight and not faith. We want to have guarantees as we go. And God does not do that with us. And so uh, one of the reasons that we do missions giving this way is it is an important, it's not only a way to finance missions, but it's also a way, uh, it's a spiritual exercise. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, so when we talk about missions and missions giving, from the very beginning of missions, from the very beginning when Paul, or actually it was Saul of Tarsus, that's what he was being called when he goes on that first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13. He's Saul. His name doesn't actually change until Cyprus. It's really fascinating. Watch through that narrative in the book of Acts, and it's after the Sergius Paulus incident that his name is changed, which I think is interesting because Sergius Paulus is Paulus, and then he's Paul, and I, I don't know how, exactly how all that happened. But when Paul and Barnabas go on that first missionary journey, they're taking steps of faith. Imagine, nobody had ever done that before. Nobody had ever gone on a missionary journey to different places, different countries to preach the gospel, not only in the synagogues, but also in the streets and to establish churches and to and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And it was the Gentiles that really uh, responded to the message of Paul. And somebody had to send them along their way. The church at Antioch sent them along their way. Now, how to finance missions has always been one of the great challenges of missions. The, the Apostle Paul actually deals with this subject in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. And then we see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 concerning giving toward Jerusalem. The 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, Paul is saying, listen, I'm preaching the gospel. Those who are preaching the gospel have an opportunity to live by the gospel. And so how, how to finance missions was always difficult. It's a lot easier now, actually, than it was then. Uh, when William Carey, for instance, first went on uh, the revived mission, uh, mission work uh, in the early 1800s, he goes to, he's, he goes to uh, India, and there was no real way of transferring money in those days. You know, it was not easy, and so even just communication back and forth about needs was so difficult. Now we can transfer money almost instantly. So it's easier to finance missions now than it was then. And we've come up with a pretty good system that works. But there were only two groups of people in, missionaries, in missions from the beginning. 
those who went and those who supported those who went. That's the way it works. And there's, there's two groups of people, those, those who go and those who support those who go. What just so happens that we have a similar parallel here in Ezra chapter 1. And there's some principles that we ought to learn. Now, I, these are more general principles than just applying to missions. They apply to all different areas of life. But, but, but it's important for us to understand these. And the idea simply is this, getting with the program that God is already doing. Did you know that God is already in the, at work in the world? God is at work, and it, there come these crisis moments in the life of individuals, either in your personal life or in the big macro, economic, political activities of the world, that we think somehow, we, we kind of get in our mind, God has lost control. God has never lost control. He will accomplish his way in the world. One of the great themes of the book of Daniel is that God sovereignly rules in the affairs of men, even though men purposefully work at cross-purposes to his activity, God will accomplish his purposes in the world. Folks, no matter what happens between now and then, Jesus is coming, the kingdom is going to be set up, and we're going to enjoy reigning with him forever. That's going to happen. Now, God God has got a plan, and God is working even in your life. Right now. The thing is, are you working with him in what he is doing? Or is he dragging you, kicking and screaming through his will in your life? And so the idea here is simply to get with God's program. So let's just take a look at the book of Ezra for a moment. Now, the easiest way for me to get to where we are in Bible history is to start from where we were when we last finished. Okay? So we have Jonah finishing preaching to the Ninevites somewhere in the mid-700s BC. So we're talking about 200 years in time. Now what's really interesting about 200 years, did you know that things change I, I, I don't know why it is we think, we have the he- tendency to think because our imagi- um, imaginations are not very good sometimes, that things are just always going to stay the way that they are. But things don't stay the way that they are. For instance, if you were to go back 200 years though, from now, the world is a different place. You say, well, yes, you have the adva- you know, advance of technology and you know, airplanes and you know, all this kind of stuff that has happened. And we have had dramatic changes in the last 100 years, 150 years in the world that dwarf everything that came before it. Dr. Shaw will come back in a moment to continue to talk about how the world is always changing in Ezra's day and in our day, too. You're listening to our first lesson in a new study in the Old Testament book of Ezra, titled Getting with God's Program. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry going on at his church, Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? 
You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. Please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church at 623-581-3115 for more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as he talks about all the changes in the world that people like his grandparents experienced in just one lifetime as we continue our new study in the book of Ezra. Here's our teacher. I was thinking about people like my grandfather and grandmother who courted using horses and buggies before there were vehicles and ended up living in a jet age in which people landed on the moon. One lifetime. It's incredible to think about that. The world is changing. And the world changes. Nations rise and fall. You think, well, this nation of ours, the United States of America, look how strong it is. Nations rise and fall, folks. Assyria was on the rise as Jonah preached. Assyria rose, became a dominant nation in the world after Jonah preached to to the Assyrians. The Assyrians eventually uh, overtook all of Mesopotamia. That's that fertile crescent that includes the areas that we know today as Iraq and Iran, all the way up through Nineveh, all the way around, and down in through the land of Palestine. It's that, that area they, they, they call the fertile, fertile crescent. And Assyria had conquered all of that. We see the stories of Assyria conquering the nation of Israel as recorded in Scripture. Isaiah records it, for instance, in particular. Isaiah writing around 720 B.C. and after. He records the Assyrians not only conquering the northern kingdom and sending the northern kingdom into captivity, but then coming all the way into the southern kingdom, camping around the walls of Jerusalem. And that is where 185,000 of the Assyrians were slain and sent back home. God said to the Assyrians, you can go this far, but no farther. And so the Assyrians went back home, and the Babylonians began to rise. You have one nation rise, and then another rises, and the, and the Babylonians begin to rise to power. And as we get to the mid-600s B.C., and then down into around, around 605 B.C., the Babylonians are rising to a place of prominence, and under Nebuchadnezzar, they come to Israel. Now, Isaiah had prophesied the Babylonian captivity. Hezekiah. Do you remember Hezekiah? Hezekiah was king when the Assyrians came. And they encamped around Jerusalem. And God took care of the Assyrians. And then after that, we have uh, emissaries from Babylon coming. And isn't it, it's always interesting. Those people who are not our enemies, we choose to make our friends. But sometimes just because they're not your enemies or because they're the enemy of your enemy doesn't mean that they're not your enemy too. And so the Babylonians come and he shows them all of the wealth of the temple. 
And God says, and he, and, he, and, and he says there will be condemnation coming because of this arrogance, Hezekiah, and eventually this nation will, be, will serve in the land of Babylonians and all the wealth of this temple will be taken to Babylon. And Hezekiah says those famous words, well, as long as it doesn't happen in my lifetime, we're good. What's, what's selfishness? That's a, uh, by the way, that's not much different than I'm spending all my kids' inheritance. Jesus alone doesn't happen in my lifetime, it's good. And eventually, that is exactly what happened. The Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar sweep through Palestine, which is the land between. You say, what do you mean the land between? The great superpowers of the day were Egypt, which was fairly geographically isolated because of desert surrounding it. And you had then the great powers of the Fertile Crescent, and they would come to battle with one another. And as they battled with one another, the place that they would battle would be the land of Israel. It was called the land between. How do you like to? How would you like to be the live in the place which is all the world's battleground? But that's what happened with the land of Israel, and so the Babylonians come sweeping through, and they conquer. And this is Jeremiah is prophesying during this time. He's prophesying about. Listen, this is God's judgment that is coming on you. He already prophesied it with Isaiah. You're going to go into the land of Babylon. You need to understand this. God will prosper you in that land, but don't fight against it. Jeremiah was considered um, uh, spreading sedition because the nation was going to stand up against the Babylonians. They were trying to make the the nation of Judah was trying to make um, peace treaties with Egypt so that Egypt would be on their side and fight against the Babylonians. Eventually, they were taken into captivity, and there were several different captivities that started to happen. The first one was in 605 B.C. There were several others. Finally ended up with the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. But the great captivity, where the, the best and brightest of the land of Judah were taken into captivity and taken to Babylon to live in Babylon, happened in 605 BC. Among the Hebrews that were taken at that time were four young men, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and Daniel. Now you know the first three most often by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Taken among that first captivity to the land of Babylon. And there's Daniel, rising to a place of prominence now in captivity in Babylon. Now it is fascinating. They go to Babylon as slaves. But just as Jeremiah had prophesied, they prospered in a foreign land. But they're still not allowed to return home. Now, this was a common practice in the ancient Near East. If a, a king conquered a foreign land, he would take the best and the brightest of that nation and deport them, sometimes bring them to his own nation or move them someplace else. Because if you geographically isolated people who could be powerful from other people, they were less powerful and more useful. And that's the way they maintained power. So you have, Nebuch- uh, you have Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar eventually dies. And we have all the stories in the book of Daniel concerning Nebuchadnezzar and all the prophecies. Then comes Daniel chapter 5. Do you remember Daniel chapter 5? Daniel chapter 5 is the story. Well, we could just turn there if you'd like. Belshazzar. I, you, can, you don't have to turn there. I'll just tell you the story. 
Belshazzar, who is reigning, he's co-regent at this time. We know this from history now. He is the co-king with his father, who's not in, in Babylon at the time. And he's celebrating having this great feast because he is in this great Babylon, this great walled city, this great city that is able to be protected. Meanwhile, the Persians and the Medes, which have, have melded into one empire, the Persians being dominant, they've melded into one empire, are, in, are secretly coming to attack the, this prime city, this capital city of the Babylonian Empire. Historians tell us, Herodotus tells us, that what the Persians actually did on the night that Belshazzar saw the hand writing on the wall, what they actually did was divert the, the Euphrates River and come under the walls of the city and conquer the city almost completely unopposed. The conquest of the Medes by the Persians was unique, sneaky, and it happened literally overnight. Stay tuned. Dr. Shaw will be back with a final word on this amazing transfer of power that ushered in yet another new leader in the ancient world. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website, where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623 623- Five eight one three one one five today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. And you are always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague, encouraging you to tune in next time as we get further into our new study in the book of Ezra. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with a little preview of what would become of the exiles from Judah when the new Persian king named Cyrus takes over. See you next time for more from our new study in the book of Ezra, right here on Dare to Stand. So now, we've gone from Assyria 
to Babylon, to the Persians, and now the Persians. You have Darius the Mede, we'll talk about that some other time, the different people who are ruling. But Cyrus is the king of the Persians at this time. And we're introduced to Cyrus in Ezra chapter 1. And so we find this book of Ezra occurring just after the conquering of the Babylonian Empire by the Persians and King Cyrus instituting a new policy. Now his policy is different from all the policies of the kings before. The policies of the kings before were take these people and move them to some other place. Cyrus' policy, we'll find out, is to take these people and send them home. 